Raise your mental hand if you have ever heard the phrase said to you or said to anyone else, you need to have a personal relationship with God. Great. I know that. Um, I've heard it a lot in church. I've even heard it not in church because we know that we are spiritual beings, right? In fact, I believe that we are spiritual beings first and physical beings second. And this is a huge piece of being a visionary because we always say here at Build Your Vision that you need to find out who you are, whose you are, and who you're called to serve, and you will be an effective visionary. A huge part of that, whose you are, is knowing who your creator is. And this omnipresent, omniscient, all-powerful God that has a will for your life. Great, great, great. We know that on the surface, but what does that really mean? I mean, honestly, for me, just speaking for myself, I'm not saying this is you, but I have a hard time building relationships with people that I don't understand that I can actually touch and see, like real people, like human beings. So you're telling me that I'm supposed to have a relationship with an invisible being that I cannot touch, see, or feel? Houseway. Houseway. Take a few steps back to go. You ain't got the answers, man. This brings to the forefront the question how do I build a relationship with a God I do not understand? That's what we're talking about in today's episode. Let's go. You're listening to the Build Your Vision Podcast, a podcast series about maneuvering the ups and downs of building a life that you're proud of, captured in real time. A community where dreamers become doers. And doers become world changers. Let's go. If you want to learn more about or understand a topic, any topic at all, there are countless sources of information about that topic. This includes the subject of God. I'm assuming you want more information about God because you clicked on this episode and the title was what it was. So clearly you're interested. Another information source is the Internet. Everything, yes, even the Bible, is on the Internet these days, and it can be accessed in seconds in countries like the U.S. where the Internet is not censored. So with all the information at our fingertips in this age of constant Internet connectivity, whenever I hear the phrase, I just don't understand God, one of the first questions that does pop in my mind is, well, how hard did you try to understand him? To those who are willing to make an effort to understand God, I have a media company called Build Your Vision, it's the sponsor of this podcast. This company holds the straightforward vision to help as many people as we can see God, see themselves, and see the world even more clearly. We believe that the path to true success isn't more knowledge, money, or power. It is clarity of vision. And being unclear about anything <laughs> makes it difficult to move forward. All of us, right, have experienced this in our lifetimes probably multiple times. We don't move forward in relationships, business, dating, home ownership, our careers if we don't understand what we're getting into. So it honestly is a little ludicrous to expect that we'll just bypass all human nature and completely commit ourselves to a God that we don't understand. I get it. But when it comes to understanding God, there are two common obstacles that get in the way, and those are ignorance and pride. There are two types of ignorance, actually, universal and local. Universal ignorance is a lack of knowledge due to a lack of information. Now, every human suffers from universal ignorance because not every question in life has an answer. Some things are just not completely explained. Now, local ignorance is not knowing about something that you have direct access to information about. And we each have control over what we choose to learn or not learn for ourselves. So if you feel like you can't have a relationship with God, despite all the access to information you have about him, 
my friend, I had to break it to you. But this is a form of laziness or indicates a lack of desire. I'm just going to keep it a buck with you. And you know how I know this, actually? I'm going to break script for a little bit and share this because for the longest time, I have said to myself that I just struggle with memorizing scripture. I've just never been that great at it. It just evades my memory. Like, I, I, I got to look it up in the Bible. And recently, someone challenged me. He said, well, how hard are you actually trying to memorize the Bible? And I'm like, you know, I'm trying. Man. And I realized, honestly, I was not putting that much intentional, exerted effort into this goal that I supposedly had. And just this week, I have memorized more scripture than I have memorized probably the whole year prior, just because I was actually intentional and tried, like I really actually desired to do it and I put my mind to it. So I'm not saying this to like come for you. I'm saying this because I know it for a fact, like I, I've experienced this. How hard are you really trying? Do you really desire to know God and develop an understanding of him? Ask this to yourself. Now, if you don't want a relationship with God because of universal ignorance, because some of his ways and attributes are unexplained and you just don't get it, that is a form of pride. Now, I'm going to get all the nasty, ugly words that you're not going to like that I'm going to use out real fast. That's why I'm saying all this stuff in the beginning. Don't hate me, guys. Now, neither decision is good, although both are fair decisions. Now, this may sound harsh, but when you break it down logically, it makes sense. Now, a little story time to help explain this. So in a recent trip to Home Depot uh, with my mom, actually, I learned this important lesson. And it's this. It's not perceived access, but how badly you want something that typically makes the difference. Here's the story. So I was looking for a certain item at Home Depot and I could see where it said the item was supposed to be. You know, the part where it has the label that says this item is supposed to be here and you can normally pick it up. But the space where it belonged was empty. So, you know, I said to myself, oh, I guess they're out. And I even went what I thought was the extra mile and asked an employee to help me. He looked it up in the inventory database and he said, it says here that there are like only four left in the entire store, which really means there's zero because the system is always behind. So whenever the number is that low, that means we're out. Great. That, that confirmed it for me. That's what I thought. So what I was looking for clearly was not available. Now, I said I went to Home Depot with my mom on this particular trip and my mom's built different. She is one of the most determined people I have ever known, and she was just not prepared to quit. And while I was already ready to go home because I drove her there, she continued to search. And honestly, I'm not going to lie, I became a little frustrated. I'm asking her, why are we still here? They clearly don't have what we're looking for. And if they do, I'm not going on a scavenger hunt across the whole store just to find this little box of screws or whatever we were looking for at the time. I can't remember exactly what it was. And in the middle of me complaining, my mom yelled, I found it. And I'm like, oh, my God, are you are you serious? She was serious. The item was there right in her hand. And the worker that I asked actually overheard us. And he was amazed and jokingly said, ma'am, we need to hire you. See, what we were looking for was there the entire time. And my mom found it because she wanted it more than she wanted to be without it in the same way. God has always been there and it's waiting for us to seek him. There's a philosophy in sales that I actually have probably used multiple times on this podcast. And it says the only reason people buy anything is because they feel like it. The most successful salespeople don't trick or force or coerce you into buying things. They simply help you purchase what you already feel like buying. 
This principle applies to life as well. In general, the only reason that we do anything is because we feel like it. Typically, we prefer the immediate results of one behavior. For example, we stay in bed because we feel like sleeping more than we want to work. We buy those shoes because at the time, we feel like buying them more than we want to save money. We eat that burger because we feel like eating that more than a salad. This even goes for things that are hard or even torturous. We go to the gym because we feel like getting fit more than we feel like being unhealthy. And sometimes, I know this is a little extreme, but an abused wife will stay quiet because she feels like temporarily being safe and not harmed in that moment more than she feels like escaping further abuse. Even slaves obey their oppressors because they feel like living more than being beaten or killed. But yet hundreds of slaves chose to jump into the ocean from slave ships because they prefer death over living as a slave. What's my point here is that we always have a choice always. And we choose what we feel like doing more. So how badly do you actually want to understand God? It's easy to misunderstand things. That takes very little work. You have to want to understand something to actually understand it. And if you don't want to understand, well, that's your decision. But if you have a tiny bit of faith that what's on the other side of the search is more valuable to have than not, then you, my friend, on a path to a relationship with your creator. Now here's a framework for understanding. To understand God and form a thriving relationship with him, you got to follow the simple C3 framework. It's based on learning about God's character, his role as our creator, and a counselor. The first reason we don't understand God is that we don't understand his character. We are creation attempting to understand our creator. And that's impossible because the creator will always know more than the created. So instead of telling ourselves who the creator is, we need to listen to who the creator says he is. And the beautiful thing about God is that he's gifted us the opportunity to know. He tells us about his character repeatedly in his inspired word. He describes Six characteristics prolifically about himself. These are that he's loving, merciful, unchanging, just, eternal, and a provider. And there's plenty of scriptures to back all of these up. The Bible provides us with the foundational truths of God's character. Just as in any relationship, when you know someone's character, you know what to expect from them. The same goes for God. Once we understand his true character through his word, we know what to expect of him. No one likes being in a relationship with someone who is inconsistent. And fortunately for us, God is very consistent and we can always depend on him. Now that we have a better understanding of God's character, we can better understand his expectations of us as our creator, the second C in our framework. Now, God created you and me for his glory and to have a relationship with him. He gave us a blueprint on how to do this in the beginning. In the beginning, God wanted essentially three things from Adam and Eve. One, their time. Two, their work. Three, their obedience. First, the Lord God placed man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of its fruit, you are sure to die. This is in Genesis chapter 2. 
God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. This is in Genesis chapter one. Now, if Adam and Eve followed these instructions of time, work and obedience, they could have remained in the garden and thrived. But we all know how it went. (laughs) Unfortunately, they made a different choice. But the crazy thing is God desires the exact same things from us today, our time, our work and our obedience. And if we choose to devote these things to God, we can have a thriving relationship with him. To have a thriving relationship with anyone, you have to spend time with them. This is no different in regard to relationship with God. We can spend time with him by reading his scriptures, praying, praising him through dedicated service. Now, let me be clear. When I say devote your work to God, I don't mean that you have to be in a ministerial vocation. I simply mean that you intentionally seek to glorify God in your work, whatever that path may be for you. As Paul counseled, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. That's Colossians 3.23. And in 1 Corinthians 10.31, it says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. But God also desires that you obey him because he knows what's best for you. A relationship in which someone constantly does the exact opposite of what's best for them is going to be a stressful one. I feel like we know that one friend that just does the opposite of what you tell them to do. It don't work out. And this stress is like, well, what are we even doing here? Why do you keep even asking me for my advice if you're not going to follow it, bro? Anyway, as long as we devote our time, our work and obedience to God, our relationship with him will be much, much stronger. The last C is for counselor. After getting a better idea of God's character and understanding his expectations as our creator, we lastly build our relationship with God by seeking his counsel. By first knowing God's character, we know that we can trust his judgment. And so we should seek his counsel every single day of our lives. If we have been spending time with him, working for his glory, and have been obedient to his kingdom, we will be primed to hear his spirit speak to us when we seek his counsel, because that's exactly what God promised. Solomon says it like this in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will direct your path. He'll direct it, y'all. I'm a living testimony. So I want to ask you the question, though. How often have you sought God's counsel in your life? Just think about it even today. How many times have you asked God, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do here in this situation, in this decision? I've had to ask myself this and I was like, ooh, I may not be talking to God as much as I thought I was. So if the answer is not that often, I challenge you, starting today, begin asking God about the big decisions in your life and even some of the small ones. Because God cares about even the little things that you perceive at least as little in your life. I urge you to keep seeking his counsel on large and small matters until you are in constant conversation with God, which is key to building understanding and relationships. Start seeking his counsel today. Now, with all this said, there are two big elephants in the room that need to be addressed. Okay, so the first one, it can be hard (laughs) to do all these things. Read scriptures, spend time with God, dedicate our work to him, be obedient, seek his counsel. That's a lot. And I freely acknowledge that. And number two is sometimes God doesn't make sense. And it's okay to say it because it's true for all of us. So firstly, yes, you are correct. It is hard. But anything worth having is hard. If it were easy, everyone would just do it. 
if you put in the work for your house, your spouse, your car, whatever else you truly value, I hope you'll put in the work for building relationship with your savior. Second, the honest truth is that we'll never fully understand God, point blank period. In those moments when God does things that just don't make sense or when he doesn't do things that do make sense, it can feel like you're back to not understanding him all over again. But Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond your ways could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. If you think you have to fully understand someone in order to have a relationship with them, you're fooling yourself. Just ask any married couple and they'll tell you that you're wrong on that point. (laughs) Our pressing compulsion to feel like we need to understand God is often us substituting the word understand for control. Mm. What we subconsciously mean is that we want to feel like we have a God that is within our control. That's Back to point one, the two obstacles is pride. Pride was the very first sin. It's the sin that got Lucifer kicked out of heaven. It is at the root of all sin on earth today. Every single sin under the sun is a manifestation of us, the creation, feeling like we know better than the creator. The hard truth is you were not created to be all knowing and all understanding. If you were, that would make you God. Doesn't that sound familiar? It's the second sin, which is just a reiteration of the first. Tricked by the serpent into choosing something that she already subconsciously wanted, Eve saw the appeal of being like God and ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And we know things didn't go well after that. Adam, too, made the choice, and that choice resulted in a much more difficult life than the one they could have had. The lesson here. We should seek to understand God, not control him. Now, even though in this episode I did plan to make you feel a little uncomfortable, I hope it was in a thought-provoking way. I hope you've been inspired to think differently about understanding God and having a relationship with Him. And lastly, I hope that you can start applying the C3 framework in your life right now, ASAP. Understanding His character, understanding Him as a creator and a counselor. God loves you so much and desires a relationship with you. And I pray you'll choose to open up yourself to Him even though you don't understand everything about him. So here's some discussion thoughts you can have with a friend or even with yourself. So ask yourself this, in what ways do you see yourself trying to control God? How can you let go of that control and focus on more understanding and acceptance of what you cannot control? Just some food for thought. Now you didn't know this, but I was actually reading basically verbatim a chapter I wrote in the book called the plans he has for me. Young adults tackle questions about life, God, and the church. Now, I am a co-author of this book. There are lots of other young adults who are growing in their faith and promoting the kingdom of heaven. There are also authors in this book. And I just chose to wrote this chapter about understanding a God that you don't have a relationship with. But there are lots of other chapters in here that I think could be beneficial for you. Things like, how do I know my ambition is God's calling? And how can I make a difference in my church? And another great one, how do I find the purpose in my passion? I mean, this book is chock full of things that honestly young and old can benefit from. So if you want to pick it up, I'll put the link in the description. I'm super grateful to be a part of this project and write this chapter in this book. And I hope this episode blessed you if you don't get the book. And if you do choose to get the book, 
I hope the entirety of it blesses you even further. All right, guys, I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Keep building your vision every single day. Peace. Hey guys, Klee here. Thanks so much for listening to the Build Your Vision podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would think you did if you stayed all the way to the end. The best thing that you could do to help support this show is by sharing it with somebody. By you just taking a few seconds to recommend this show to somebody, you are making a huge impact, not only on the success of this show, but possibly on that person's life.